0: Welcome to Wallace Books and the Jell-O Wars podcast. I'm your host, Bob Wallace. Whoever thought that children with cancer would be the ones to lift us from our existential funk? Their wisdom, simple and personal, yet profound and universal helps us circumnavigate these perplexing times. And fortunately, you don't have to walk in their hospital slippers to benefit. Wallace Books presents Jello Wars and Other Battles with Childhood Cancer. It's a book, it's a podcast, and it's life-changing. Because the kids have much to teach, and we, the healthy, have much to learn. Thanks for showing up! Here in outer space, we enjoy hundreds of thousands of space miles and a metric buttload of elbow room. Black holes? Not that big a deal. But an exploding nebula, now that's a sight. We watch the Earth rise and set, along with 400 million other stars and planets. It's quite a view. Well, it used to be. Recent years have brought a proliferation of space junk to our galaxy. Governments and private entities discarding waste indiscriminately is like Grandpa Lester throwing his PBRs out the window of the Buick in the 1970s without a moment's thought of the generations to follow. Have we learned nothing? Strike that. We've clearly learned nothing. We have discarded capsules, used booster rockets, and come on, is that a Tesla? The hallmark of a ruined planet, is that to save it, you'll ruin another, and another, and another. When Earth boys bring milkshakes to the yard, please deposit your cup in the proper receptacle. You want to earn the respect of alien life forms? Start by picking up after yourself. Show some responsibility. Don't be an ass. This ad brought to you by Ixnay with the J SOLE. Welcome back to Jell-O Wars. I'm Uncle Bob. The question has come up as to where the moniker Uncle Bob comes from. I guess we can't all be a Chewy, or an Evil Stevie, or Flowers. And while I've been fortunate enough to have more than one legitimate niece or nephew at camp, the origin story is a bit of a non-story. So my first year at camp, I was placed with Counselor Steve and Counselor Stetch in the oldest boys' cabin. For no apparent reason, we were called Uncle Steve, Uncle Stetch, and Uncle Bob. We had a great year. Cut to the next summer. It was my second year at camp, and my two co-counselors also returned. However, without explanation, we were known as Steve, Stetch, and Uncle Bob. Weird. Maybe I just give off an uncle vibe. I don't know. Anyway, I warned you it was a non-story. <sighs> I miss flowers. In today's episode, we're talking about, well, I'm not even going to tell you what we're talking about. Suffice to say, it's near and dear to my heart. Let's get back to Jell-O Wars. Courtney and Kelsey. Kelsey and Courtney. If I told you this story, this particular narrative, disjoined from all the other stories I've told you, you'd think, My gosh, what determined, resourceful, and astounding young women. And you'd be right. Theirs is a powerful story of willpower suffering, obstacles, great loss, and exuberant triumph. But to single out this story from all the others would be disingenuous to the overall premise. The truth is, every child in this book and podcast is resourceful, has willpower, has suffered and triumphed. And each one is an example we should all endeavor to emulate. But this story... The one you're about to hear is different. It's a story about the best dog sitter I ever had. Courtney's dog sitting skills won't likely show up on her resume. Nor will the time she and our friend Kamea taught me to do the country skate version of the Macarena. It's only slightly different from the standard Macarena, but anyone with knowledge of such things would deem it far superior. Don't get me wrong. Courtney has an impressive resume. There's just so much more that's unstated. Courtney explains that she was less than two years old and her family was at their cabin in the White Mountains when her mom noticed she was limping. They went to the doctor and the oncologist and then Courtney was diagnosed with ALL, acute lymphocytic leukemia. Her twin sister, Kelsey, was at her side as Courtney went through the harrowing experience that followed. Fortunately, Courtney says, the treatment went pretty much by the book, with no setbacks and only minimal side effects. Courtney was only two and doesn't remember too many details, but she does recall demanding EMLA, an anesthetic cream, to numb her injections. I was such a baby, she says, but now ain't no thing. She pauses her story to contemplate. At the time, her mother was younger than Courtney is now. Mom had twins, one of which was ill, and she was doing a master's program. Yay, Mom! At age eight, Courtney and her twin sister, Kelsey, were two healthy little girls. Like many eight-year-olds, they required some parental prompting to go off to camp that first time. Courtney tells me, I grew up at camp, and I was kind of forced to like you guys, okay? This cracks me up. Once we both finish laughing, she adds, Just kidding. But she isn't. Not really. Courtney attended Camp Sunrise, and Kelsey attended Camp Sidekicks, the camp for siblings of children with cancer. It was 2003, and the theme was Fun Factory. Courtney says, I loved camp right from the get-go. Then she adds, Because I could get away from my sister. Face it, she says, we were twins and inseparable. We shared everything 24-7. But we realized that at camp, Kelsey could have her friends and I could have my friends. We each looked forward to our individual weeks. It actually strengthened our relationship because we'd come back and share the experiences and stories with each other. And there was a real mystery factor to it, she says. Like Maggie and Cassidy, they were Kelsey's friends at Sidekicks. I knew all about them, but didn't actually meet them until years later, and we're great friends now. Life was good to the girls, until a couple years later, when Kelsey was diagnosed with cancer. She was 10 and diagnosed with ALL, the same form of cancer Courtney had battled years earlier. This time, Kelsey went through the harrowing experience of chemo and radiation, her twin sister at her side. Kelsey had a harder time in treatment, but pulled through like a champ. The odds of Courtney and Kelsey being twins were small. The odds of either one of them being diagnosed with cancer was tiny and the odds of both Courtney and Kelsey having cancer was astro-stupidly minute. Yet, odds be damned, they'd won the trifecta. Both girls were now survivors of childhood cancer, and both were siblings of a child with cancer. This unfortunate turn of circumstances left each of them uniquely eligible to attend both Camp Sunrise and Camp Sidekicks. Courtney chose to continue at Camp Sunrise, while Kelsey chose to remain at Camp Sidekicks. As twins, Courtney reminds me, we really did need our own space. They grew into two beautiful young women, with a whole world of possibility before them. At 16, both of them went through the camp's LIT program, Leaders in Training. I apply the skills I learned there to this day, Courtney says. Seriously, it's all about taking initiative and honing your ability to work as a team. Courtney still has her LIT handbook. In case I need to look something up in my bag of tricks, she says, I'm constantly going, hey, I learned that at camp. The two sisters graduated high school and set off for college. But once again, tragedy befell them, as, at age 19, Kelsey was again diagnosed with cancer. But this time, the diagnosis wasn't the same. This time, it was supertentorial P-net, a primitive neuroectodermal tumor, which is an extremely rare form of brain tumor. Kelsey underwent a lengthy treatment of chemo, stem cell transplants, and proton radiation at M.D. Anderson Cancer Center in Houston, Texas. Kelsey was in treatment when Courtney became a first-year counselor at Camp Sunrise. The experience was fulfilling, but her sister was always on her mind. Kelsey's cancer treatment continued through the year, and upon returning home from her second summer as a camp counselor, Courtney was informed that her sister's condition had been downgraded to terminal. Later that year, Courtney lost her twin sister, and we all lost a piece of our hearts. Come spring, a small group of us gathered at an idyllic clearing in the woods at camp. We scattered some of Kelsey's ashes where she'd spent time as an LIT. Fond memories, a painted rock and an abundance of tears mark the spot. But the story doesn't end there. Cancer blew a hole in Courtney's life and scattered shrapnel throughout her entire support system. It's remorseless. Cancer supplanted her carefree youth with misery and sadness. But Courtney and Kelsey had a loving family and a supportive community. Courtney had more than a little mettle and a staunch determination. She weathered the brunt of the storm and emerged, not unscathed, but stronger, and mind-bogglingly awesome. Courtney had considered becoming a physician, but that's a massive undertaking. So, to make sure it was truly what she wanted to do, Courtney secured a job at the Biochemistry and Immunology Department of Northern Arizona University. During her senior year of undergrad, she conducted research testing immune cells and their effects on cancer cells. She later presented her findings to the National Conference on Undergraduate Research. Courtney embodied empathy, determination, and willpower. She combined that with equal portions of Kelsey's empathy, determination, and willpower. And together, they set out to make their mark on the world. Back then, Courtney told me, I definitely love the research side of it. And, not surprisingly, she added, and I'm passionate about pediatric oncology. A lot can happen, but I may ultimately end up there. It was no surprise when Courtney was accepted to medical school. She's currently doing her core clinical rotations in her fourth year of med school. Next year, she'll graduate and begin her residency then apply for a fellowship program in pediatric hematology and oncology. She has a huge book of Kelsey's labs and doctor's notes from pre-diagnosis throughout her entire treatment. Courtney took the book with her to medical school, and she studied her sister's records while studying to become a doctor herself. Courtney, like so many other kids that battled a life-threatening cancer, is using the experience to help her become an amazing adult. That's a positive outcome, a happy ending. Right? It is amazing, but I still can't wrap my head around how it is in any way fair. Do the ends really justify the means? Courtney's amazing, but she had to endure so much to get where she is. She's experienced huge accomplishments but also suffered devastating loss. I'm confident Courtney would give up her medical degree and all of her accomplishments, and she'd go back to being a dog sitter if it meant she could have her sister back. But that's not an option. No one would argue that Courtney's a unique person with a unique perspective. She has multiple unique perspectives, actually. Courtney has the perspective of a young child battling cancer. She has the perspective of a young child whose sibling is battling cancer. A twin sibling, at that. She has the perspective of a young adult whose sibling is battling cancer. She has the perspective of a medical researcher, looking for a cure for cancer. And now, Courtney's honing the perspective of a medical doctor, treating children with cancer. The best I can surmise is this. Picture a family in the not-too-distant future. They're in a hospital room, and in the depths of despair, as their child was recently diagnosed with cancer. The entire family's emotions roil with fear and anger and helplessness. The future of their child is uncertain, and they're ill-equipped to deal with the moment, let alone plan for what's ahead. Then picture a beautiful young female walking into the room. Her badge tells us she's a doctor. She smiles and says, I'm Courtney. The family doesn't realize it at first, but they've just gained the best ally they could ever ask for. And then the young doctor says, I know what you're going through. And she really does. And then she says, We're going to get through this together. And they will. What time is it? Story time. What time is it? Story time. Story time with Uncle Bob. <laughs> Ain't that funkin now. Welcome back to the continuing story of The Snurf That Snarfed Camp Sunrise. The next morning, the snurf appeared during breakfast. We'd grown accustomed to him popping in and out, making idle threats. But this time was different. This time, he didn't look angry. He looked blue. Literally blue. What's wrong, snurf? You look blue. I'm not well, he admitted. I did a kitchen raid last night after the dance, and I snarfed way too much root beer. I have a tummy ache. He looked ill. Maybe you should go to the med shed, I offered. The nurses would be glad to help you out. No, he said. I, I, I think I'm going to... The Snurf vomited, and then vomited, and then vomited some more. The Snurf continued to vomit way more than anyone could imagine him being able to vomit. And this was a camp full of kids who had had cancer. Poor Snurf. Maybe he won't be so surly now that he isn't feeling well. That's all for now, kids. But remember... Camp goes on forever, and the adventure never ends. Thanks for tuning in to Wallace Books and the Jell-O Wars Podcast. The Kids of Arizona Camp Sunrise have been my greatest mentors, and they're here to assist you too. You can find additional episodes of the podcast and more about the book. Yellow Wars, and Other Battles with Childhood Cancer at wallacebooks.com. That's W-A-L-L-A-S-S books.com. Just go to the website or search Wallace Books wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to subscribe and like. You can learn more about Arizona Camp Sunrise at azcampsunrise.org. Podcast theme music by M-Dub Music. Sound effects from Sonic Boom. Keep listening to Wallace Books' Jell-O Wars podcast. And let the kids change your life for the better. See you down the road.